0: Radio Rahim with Luke Keeler here in Miami Beach. A tough night, but a tough man. Listen, at the beginning of this fight, it looked like this thing might be over in a split second. Yeah. Talk to me about that first knockdown, getting off the canvas to continue.
1: Yeah, look, he caught me cold. Uh, like, he's a great champion in fairness. I mean, there's a reason why he's avoided. And I know he's speaking up and getting into his head, but he's the number one or two middleweight in the world. And uh, that was me first shot at a world title. Against an awkward southpaw style, I, I never dealt well with. So I compete at stages and I know I'll improve. You know, if I, if I, I didn't think I'd improve, I, I'd retire, but uh, I feel I can still improve. You know, and go again.
0: Were you surprised because he's a cagey fighter? He's known to be more defensive and awkward. Mm. And he just came right at you and tried to like basically take you out as soon as possible. This isn't usually his his way. Did that
1: no, surprise well, you? Look, I, see, I seen him do the same to Selecki so it wasn't a surprise uh, it just, it just caught me clean on the top of the head, you know, it's just one of those shots uh, I recovered, it just goes to show that it can't be put in with pee uh, but just, just awkward, awkward so pie. you know and what wasn't my night tonight
0: uh, You fought many rounds after that, you certainly went out on your shield there was no count out, the refs stopped it mm. uh, at any point in the fight, did you feel like, hey, maybe I'm turning the tide here. If I could do this or that, I could maybe eke out the win?
1: Yeah, like, I thought the last four rounds would be my rounds, you know. I, I, I thought he'd fit. But in fairness I mean, like, he, he's a great champion. He, he, he stood in there in the and threw, and the ref jumped in. But uh, I, d- I didn't feel out my depth in there last stage. Hard, hard, hard uh, awkward soapbox. Uh But, look, I, I can so much experience and earn from that. I will come again, you know.
0: What's the main lesson that you learned tonight? What's the thing that you say you can use to get better?
1: Just, again, defensively. Uh, look, you, Anyone can get caught in the first, what was it, 10 seconds like as well. It's just one of those shots. Uh, but just improve defensively with my footwork, dealing with south pass. Uh, I probably frustrated my, my coach. We had great game plans, worked out, but I was a bit fuzzy in there. You know, it was hard to get into that groove. Uh, it was hard to land. He's a harder, harder to land it out than I ever thought, you know. He, he is an awkward guy. You can see why he's avoided. But uh, it, I, I know we compete at stages, you know. I know if I wasn't caught clean in the first round, the way have caught him clean, it could have been a different fight, you know. I normally come strong in the later rounds. And, look, it's just one of those nights, in it? it wasn't mine.
0: Well, thank you for a hell of an effort. Yeah. You fought every minute of every round. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you in the ring again soon, I'm sure. Radio Raheem with Luke keeler
2: Danny Flex here for Seconds Out with my old friend, Sky Sports pundit, former pro, wears many hats, Spencer Fearon. Not Sky Sports anymore. Oh, gutted. Sorry, bro. It's going to be tears on camera.
3: Please, uh, you want to hear the rules? It's uh, the fight is right, me, me and Boba Tondi Jay. We want you to come on. You were saying that you wanted to come on. So I said you to he said he was going to invite me that week, and I haven't heard from him. That's like a month ago. Well, you, know, you know how Tondi is. You know I mean? No, joke. Can you do the punch? you gotta learn, You got to learn uh, uh, eight punch. Pad combination first before you can no, I'm system nine. Oh, that system is a serious system, man. Seriously, man, you get headaches just looking at it.
2: I have a system.
3: Yeah. Rolls aside,
2: we're here at the launch of the MTK Academy here in Central London. Just tell us a bit about the MTK
3: Academy, what it does for the community. It's. it's, it's uh, we're going to get quite a few of them set up around the country. Sandra Vaughan, who is nicknamed the Fairy Godmother. Are um, you or <laughs> no nah, everyone she 's a fairy godmother she just goes out and like for ages ago we 've been badgering about putting like um, with a foundation to put together things to help the younger generation like mainly keeping off the streets There's it 's like it 's madness like you, you see what 's going on right now it 's like apart from the post cold wars you 've also got um wars of uh, what's it? They've got a scoring system now. I didn't even know about that. With the knife things, you've got a scoring system. Like if you stab a guy in his leg, you get fired. And people are on this scoring system, it's mad. So these young kids are on it. You have to know that like, the devil makes work for idle hands. Give these youngsters something to do with the academy, where they have a place to go, a place to learn the fundamentals of boxing, to learn loads of little things. We're even trying to put boxing history in the curriculum as well. These kind of things. So, kids, when when we were younger, right? When you were younger, then, you know, you had a youth centre to go to. You know, you could play table tennis, and your your club would play your your youth centre would play against other youth centres. You'd have team football. You'd have all these kind of things to keep um, the younger generation to go to go and do something. And a lot of these kids, who who I grew up with, aspired to do great things. So, if we have something like this for a hub for these youngsters, trust me, great things will come off of it.
2: How effective do you think something like this would have been when we were younger and when we were adolescents? Well,
3: the thing about it is when we were younger, we were, we were cool because we had Warriors Brigade, Cubs, Scouts. Scouts. You yeah. what I mean? you, we had things to occupy us, right? You have to think, if these youngsters have nothing to occupy themselves with, right, they can occupy themselves with foolishness. And that's that. So it's about um, this and a program of initiation of role models uh, and mentors. So all of these kind of things have come in, come in place. How you doing, sir, right? So all of these things are going to come in place now for these youngsters to 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 have something to do. And it's going to grow. I know it's going to grow because I remember two years ago sitting down uh, with Sandra Vaughan and Bobby Aylin and saying, like, you know, who's, who's one of the directors, right? And saying, like, I could see MTK Global literally just blowing up. And so said, so done. you gotta look at everything they've done in the, in, to the sp- to the sporting world. And now they say, okay, then we're going to go give back. And then the simple fact is saying, oh, we started the foundation. And when they started the foundation, it's like Sandra Vaughan advises, points me in the right direction, and i got to go there. She said, oh, well, you, you're the head of the foundation. I'm like, I know nothing about doing the foundation. But what I do know, I know a lot about being charitable. So we just combine that. But to see this happen here, or to say, like, okay, then, well, we're starting these academies, it's, it's going to grow and grow and grow because it's, it's been planted from a positive seed and a seed that has been nurtured off of success anyway. So it's one of those kind of things. It's going to really grow.
2: This sense of social responsibility that you're alluding to, how important is that that we see it as a knock-on effect in other parts of the sport?
3: Well, it's not a case like having a knock-on effect in other parts of the sport. It's more so like this. Um, charity is the key. Do you know what I mean? But if you got you got to do, whatever you're doing, you've got to do it with a sincere heart. So it's got to be sincere. It's not like, oh, look at us and look what we're doing. Because there's loads of things I could tell you, and like, Coogan uh, Cassius could tell you as well, right? Where he knows that, like, certain things where, where MTK Global have helped out ex-fighters who have fallen on hard times and, right? But it hasn't been publicized. Because it's like, all right, then, well, what your, what, your, uh, what your right hand does, your left hand doesn't know. One, it's been like that. But now we're saying, mm, now we've got to push it, and we've got to push it more so to the structure of um, uh, for the government to take the awareness. But we're saying we're taking initiative first, and watch our success, and off of the back of it, we can implement this all over the country. Because we, we, I think we're starting off with like 13 different centres already, right? So, but it's only going to grow. It's only going to get bigger. And the, the aim is not for it to be nationwide, the, it's for it to be global-wide. That is the aim.
4: Demetrius Andrade stops Luke Keeler in the ninth round, retains his WBO world middleweight title. I thought it was a very sloppy performance by Andrade, to be honest with you. He was loading up and throwing big, wild shots, trying to take Luke Keeler out of there. He obviously had no respect for what was coming back at him. So he can get away with doing stuff like that against Keeler. But you don't want to get in bad habits. And it's not the first time that I've seen Andrade be this wild in a fight. It does tend to be against lower tier opposition, but nonetheless, Andrade was so focused on the knockout that he was forgetting his fundamentals a lot of the time. And sometimes in the heat of a battle, even against a top level operator, those bad habits can start showing up again. So for me... I know people say that if you're going to make mistakes, make them against lower-tier opposition, not against the top guys. But against the lower-tier opposition, there's actually less excuse for making mistakes because you're not under that kind of pressure. It's a fight where you should be able to take your time and you know do things the correct way. Your technique shouldn't be breaking down. But as I say, Andrade really wanted the knockout. I know that people have accused him of being boring He obviously has scored knockdowns in several of his recent fights, but failed to finish guys off. And I guess he wanted to make sure that didn't happen again here. He nearly had Keeler out of there early in the fight. He dropped him, I think with the first punch, Keeler survived the first. Then in the second round, he dropped him even heavier with a left hand again, big left hand. But after that, the fight started to drag. Keeler was able to recover from the early knockdowns. I don't want to say he completely went into survival mode, but he was trying to manage his way through the fight. Let me just put it that way. Andrade stayed on him. You know, Andrade wasn't just keeping it at long range and outboxing Keeler. He was actually roughing him up, pushing him back at times, fighting him on the inside and just beating him in every department. He was beating him at long range. He was beating him on the inside. He looked a stronger man in there. I know Luke, Luke Keeler came in there hoping to, apply pressure and bully Andrade, but Andrade looked the stronger to me and the more proficient on the inside. And Luke Keeler, he hung in there, he showed mental toughness and whatnot. But ultimately in the ninth round, Andrade got through the series of punches when Keeler was against the ropes. I think it was right towards the end of the ninth round and the referee decided he'd seen enough. At the end of the day, Luke Keeler hadn't won a single round in the whole fight. So... I can't really complain about the stoppage. I mean, it maybe could have let him go on, but for what? Do you know what I mean? It is what it is. Andrade marches on. Of course, after the fight, he called out Billy Joe Saunders and Jamal Charlo. And look, he even said that he's willing to fight Charlo on Showtime or Fox or whatever. You can't say fairer than that. So not only has his promoter, already Hearn, made an offer to Charlo to fight on the zone, but he's also perfectly happy to allow, uh, you know, Demetrius Andrade to go fight Charlo on their network. So what is Charlo waiting for? And the way that Andrade looked in this fight, look, he won every round. He dropped the guy twice, but from a technical point of view, he looks sloppy. Perhaps Demetrius, uh, excuse me, perhaps Jamal Charlo We'll we'll see that and think, okay, maybe we should do that. Or maybe Al Heyman, maybe it's not even Charlo. Maybe it's Al Heyman who needs to see sufficient weakness in Demetrius Andrade to then allow Charlo to take the fight. Maybe that's how the pecking order works. But either way, PBC need to get their act together in terms of delivering the fights the public want to see. We want to see Demetrius Andrade versus Jamal Charlo. May the best man win. There's no guarantee whatsoever That Demetrius Andrade will be victorious in that fight. I mean, particularly if they have it on a Fox show under the Fox PBC, you know, terms. Who knows what kind of officiating and what kind of ref they might have there? What kind of backstage antics they might play? Who knows? That could unsettle Andrade. And let's be real, Jamal Charles is a very good fighter anyway. I mean, he could win legitimately without backstage antics. But the way boxing works is when you're on somebody else's show and it's a very high-profile fight, and they really don't want you to win, funny things go on behind the scenes. That's just the reality of boxing, unfortunately. So, (laughs) let's just get that fight done. Stop the excuses, PBC and PBC fanboys. Let's get the fight done. Let's see who the better fighter is between Andrade and Jamal Charlo. If that can't happen, and if PBC want to continue acting silly, then Demetrius Andrade is happy to step up to 168, and take on Billy Joe Saunders, and that's also a very good fight. I've always felt that Andrade would beat Saunders, but on this particular form right here, look, it wasn't a terrible performance or anything, but you can't be that sloppy. You can't get into them kind of bad habits. Against Selecki. he wasn't as sloppy as this, because Selecki's a better fighter than Luke Keeler, but nonetheless, he did have his sloppy moments. And against a the slicks that like Billy Joe, you can't have sloppy moments because Billy Joe will capitalize on that. He will pick you off. Yeah, Billy Joe, even though I don't think he's quite as athletically gifted as Andrade, not as long, not as rangy, he isn't as sloppy. You don't often see Billy Joe winging the wild punches that Andrade was throwing in this fight. So yeah, that's what I'll say about it. Andrade, very talented. I've always thought highly of him since very early on in his career. I mean, I remember there was a time when people were looking for the next Floyd Mayweather opponent. And I said that out of the guys who are around at the moment, one of them who I may actually pick over Mayweather is Demetrius Andrade. Of course, I was laughed out of town, (laughs) but I always thought very highly of Andrade from long time. Um... But this right here definitely (laughs) wasn't vintage Andrade, let's be real. He's going to need to be a lot more slick and polished than that against the very, very top guys. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section below about Andrade's performance. Calling out Jamal Charlo, Billy Joe Saunders, how you think he'd get along against either of those. As WBO middleweight champion, this was his, what, third defense now because he won the vacant belt against Katundakwa here for Akovov, somebody who gave Billy Joe a lot of trouble actually, Akovov. Selecki, who had a good fight with Danny Jacobs and truth be told, Andrade did a better job on Selecki than Jacobs did because you can see the scorecards there very wide in favor of Andrade and Luke Keeler definitely the poorest opponent I would say that Andrade has fought so far as WBO world middleweight champion Hopefully they find someone 10 levels above Luke Keeler for the next fight, even if it isn't Saunders or uh, Jamal Charlo, because you do have other guys out there. You've got Dervenchenko is a possibility for Demetrius Andrade. Derevyanchenko is promoted by Bella, who now works on zone and with Eddie Hearn and all that kind of stuff. So maybe that's a fight they could make. Yeah, I think it would be great, to be honest with you, because Dervenchenko looks like he's in the prime of his career at the moment coming off a very, very respectable performance against Gennady Golovkin. A lot of people think he should have got the decision in that fight. So if Andrade can go in there against Derevenchenko and, let's say, do a better job than Golovkin, again, it raises his profile. So any of these fights are a step in the right direction for, for Demetrius Andrade. I know he wants to jump the queue and get straight in there against Canelo or straight in there against Triple G or straight in there against Charlo. I know he wants to do that. And really and truly as a belt holder, he should be able to do that. But if he can't, then there are intermediary steps he can take instead, which if he you know overcomes these particular opponents, it will raise his profile just that little bit to make the bigger fights a bit easier to make. Because once you become a commodity yourself, a cash cow yourself, the fights are usually, not always, but usually a bit easier because there's more financial incentive for people to want to fight you. I mean, with that being said, the offer that reportedly went to Charlo to fight Andrade was something like 7 million. For middleweights who are not big cash cow superstars, that sounds like quite a lot of money to me. Eddie Hearn said he may revise the uh, Charlo offer and actually offer him more, but it's a negotiation. When you're trying to make a fight, you don't give them your best offer first. (laughs) You know, that's not the way negotiations normally work. Unless you're on a, a, a tight schedule and maybe you need a late replacement opponent, then you might get might give them your best offer first. But when you've got plenty of time to negotiate, you don't come in with your best offer first. You start low and they, they start high and you meet somewhere in the middle. Anyway, let me know what you guys think. It's happening. I'm out. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in mp3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today.
5: In Cassius from NFL TV in association with NCK Global. Well, I think a lot of people wouldn't have expected this video to drop on a Sunday. How are you, bud? I'm absolutely
6: fine here in Miami. Great weather, great fights. Now looking forward to the two main events.
5: So, we're not going to go into great detail, but me and you have had a chat and uh, yeah, we're just putting uh, all that stuff behind us basically.
6: Absolutely. We are close friends again. We had a little little tough time uh, before Wembley, but we both know some of the little reasons behind But we did a great job to promote the fight outside the ring.
5: Absolutely.
6: It's a good little subplot because people. <laughs> exactly.
5: People still talk to me about it now. People still tweet me about it now. And um, yeah, I think. I, I want to go on record and say that I obviously 20 you some horrendous pieces, which I'm not proud of, so I will apologize about those sweets.
6: It's, it's boxing business. When the fight is over, <laughs> it's over. Then we are close friends again. No, I know. No, I know, I mean, from a, from a journalistic point of view, because I worked 20 years as a journalist, as you know. You're doing a great job, no doubt about it. Nobody gets more inside information out of Eddie than you do. There's no doubt about that. Today, you're not only trying, you, you get great results. No doubt. I
5: mean, around the time as well, when I was sending those tweets, I was in a, at a moment of madness. And, uh, I referred to as a dwarf, and people don't realize you're actually about 6'5". So they were like, they saw the picture and they said,
6: "Hang on a minute, he's as tall as you. What were you talking about?" <laughs> so all, all good. We all uh, belonging to the boxing community, doing our jobs, and I think everything is fine. Absolutely. What what are you doing for yourself now, Bart? What... I'm I'm managing uh, different fighters. Uh, I'm managing uh, uh, some young heavyweights. One uh, is an amateur, he's now going to to um, uh, to uh, Deontay Wilder's camp uh, as a sparring partner. One, uh, Peter Cadiro is a former uh, youth Olympic champion in the super heavyweight division, now becoming pro, has now seven or eight uh, pro fights, just became the WBC youth uh, champion. I think he has a pretty great f- future in the heavyweight division, but he's a young guy. He just turned 22. He has uh, many more years uh, to learn and, and, knock on wood, someday he's there where the clinch goes well. Are
5: you still in touch with Vladimir?
6: Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Vitali and Vladimir, we, we talk regularly. Uh, especially Vitaly is doing a great job in Ukraine, in Kiev, as uh, the mayor of Kiev. Uh, he has a great, great track record there. And, and Vladimir is doing many, many other things outside of boxing. Uh, has a special cooperation with the university, uh, doing uh, many, many different other things, many investments in many businesses, he's very active. Vladimir likes to tease people
5: with uh, his uh, subliminal posts about a potential comeback. He likes to do that every now and again. Will we ever see Vladimir going go in the ring in your
6: opinion? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's up to him. Uh, 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 to make that own decision, as far as I know, at this moment he's happy with his life outside the ring, he has so many different projects, money-wise it's definitely not necessary, but if the challenge is there one day, it's up to him.
5: Absolutely.
6: Right, I'm going to allow you to crack on with your night uh, here in Miami, it's, um, we're about
5: to see the YouTube fight now, and then so we've got the main event with uh, Dimitri Zondrada and Luchyla, So, uh, show people, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good to see you and uh, this hopefully we will
6: catch up in the near future. 100%, all the best to you and to your viewers. Thank you. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present
4: Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March
3: 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions the host of the UK.
0: Miami Beach with Clarissa Shields rocking the Jordan flip-flops, the painted toes, a velour sweatsuit. Seems like you must have just had a win. I'm
7: chilling.
0: <laughs> uh, obviously, tonight we're here for Demetrius Andrade versus Luke Keeler. That fight was exciting. People did not Demetrius for not being an exciting fighter. How did you see it tonight?
7: I thought he tried to have a knockout, honestly, and left himself open for a lot of shots. But I love a boo. He went out there and did what he's supposed to do. He got the job done, but I like to see him use the skills more. But he
0: he did what he had to do. And no one has ever said that you're anything but tenacious in there, vicious in there, always looking for the next punch. Uh, You say you want to be more technical and whatnot, but that seems to be the hurdle to him getting fights and getting the knock that he's not excited. How does a fighter like that get over that hurdle and still fight technically and do what you want him to do?
7: It's kind of like a, you gotta figure out what works for you, you know, it's a, it's a balance that works for everybody. Deontay Water can just focus on a knockout and get it, you know, but for some of us, um, well, speaking of myself, you have to go in there, you gotta perform, and you gotta look good, and you gotta be sharp, and you gotta be strong, and you gotta punch hard and fast, and, you know, it's a, it's a combination of everything, and then setting up some shots where you can get the knockout, so, it's, it's a weird combination of things that you have to really figure it out, that whatever works for you. And for me, I'm figuring out what works for me and I got a knockdown in my last fight to become a new John division world champion, but it's like, I'm figuring it out. So I think for even people like you gotta figure out like what works for you. Like I'll never go in there and throw all power shots in the fight. Like people think that I do that, but it's definitely not true. I'm definitely setting up my shots, punching in combinations. And I'm not leaving myself open for a lot to, to actually get hit with a, with a, with a, with a whole lot of shots. So for me, it's like I'm offensive, but I'm defensive, You know, so and in my fights, I think the first five rounds, like I got hit by Ivana twelve times. So it's like I know, I know what I'm doing. You know, so I think that with Boo tonight, I just seen like he was just really, really trying for it and trying for it. When it's like he got mad, he got mad skills. So I would like to see him use it to make the fight easier.
0: Well, Jake Paul got himself a knockout in the first round. <laughs>
7: cute. <laughs> so cute. Yes. I love you.
0: What do you make of this YouTube sensations happening in boxing right now?
7: Hey, they're training. But um let's not act like fighting without a head because it's actually safe. For guys who haven't really trained, don't know defense. On only had two fights between the both of them. It's not it's not safe, but they're grown, they can sign up for it. But you need to take it more serious because um the other guy who Jake Paul fought tonight, what was his name? Uh, Anderson Gifford. Yeah, he got hurt tonight. He got hurt. he's gonna have headaches probably for a couple of days. Um, it's dangerous, you know. Like boxing, like like I like the YouTube fights because it brings so much more attention to boxing. But let's not forget about the safety of the YouTube fighters also. Awesome. Just because Jake Paul isn't a two-time Olympic gold medalist doesn't mean that he's not gonna hurt the other guy. Like he hurt him, and he was better, stronger. <laughs> Fighter than him, so the other guy got hurt tonight. But congrats with Jake Paul,
0: and uh, I, thought, I thought the whole thing was cute, man. I, I loved it. <laughs> uh, Jake Paul wasn't the only knockout on the on the card tonight. We saw Amanda Serrano score yeah, yeah, yeah. a knockout. Uh, she was obviously very happy about that. She told me that the Katie Taylor fight is all but done. We just need some signatures on the paper. How do you see that fight going?
5: Mm.
7: I think Amanda Serrano holds power when it comes to that fight, the girl is strong as hell. I think that Kate Taylor holds skill and the speed, but I think that um, Amanda Serrano can bring that pressure to have a good defense to actually protect herself from, uh, from Katie she can have a good night. And then Katie can learn how to deal with pressure fighters, she can have a good night. You know, and not just use her feet for defense, but use her head and her upper body to be more elusive or whatever. But um, I really see it as a fifty-fifty fight. And I think that um, Katie gonna have to deal with a lot of shit from Amanda. I mean, like a lot of power that's coming throughout the whole 10 rounds. So, time.
4: Time. so
0: what are we going to see you at next? Like, 130? How far, how deep are you going to go down these weight divisions chasing champions? So I really believe in my nutrition now
7: that I can't make 47. Um, I'm at 54 right now. We may try to become undisputed at 154. Or we may defend my understatement at 160 know what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm not gonna to go to 47 just just on strength of the City of Rockies will not fight me. That's what it is. Like I'm not saying that she's scary, I'm not yeah I yeah, am, she's scary. And she wants to be able to choose to fight when she fights. And when I was at sixty eight she was saying oh we have to about wait and I'll fight for this, I'll, fight for it. I'll fight for it I'm behind closed doors she was saying like oh Chris, too big to come down anyway and I don't come down to 60 and I come down to 44 and I just run up 140. so it's like if I was to go to 47 I it would have to be like the deal I already I'm signed, a, signed a, and sealed, a, sealed, a, sealed a, that
0: me and her are going to fight a, for me to go to 147 but other than that I'm not going to go to 147 who's winning the Super Bowl? I mean. the, the Chiefs Brady here with the Chief in the house Clarissa Shields Always a pleasure to talk to you. Same.
7: Can't wait to see you in the ring get again against
0: somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Radio Rock. Yeah.
7: Whoever got a belt, that's who I want to fight. You know, Layla Lee want to come out of retirement. There oh, we go. You know. She <laughs> called me out. I didn't call her out. All I did was respond. Uh, how much? How much did you say she needed? Five million. All
0: in right. Terms? You heard it. You get a a, a GoFundMe. For the Clarissa Shields vs Leila Ali fight, we only got a five million dollar target. Get on it fans, Radio
5: Rahe with Clarissa Shields.
4: So they've just announced some undercard fights for the Wilder Fury rematch, and I'm seeing a lot of boxing fans ridiculing the quality of this undercard, saying that it's terrible. Well, if we head on over to the BoxRec page here, you'll see two of the fights that they've announced so far, Emmanuel Navarrete versus Gio Santissima. Sebastian Fandora versus Daniel Lewis. I don't know any of these fighters, by the way. I've heard of Navarrete. I don't think I've ever seen him before, but the others, I don't know them. But another fight which they say they're going to put on this show, according to this boxing scene article, will be a co-main event. I don't know how on earth this could be a co-main event, but it will be Charles Martin versus Gerald Washington in an IBF title eliminator. Now, I know a lot of people are slating this undercard, but personally, for me, I think Charles Martin versus Gerald Washington is a fun little fight. As I've said on this channel for many, many years, there is fun and entertainment to be had at all levels in boxing. It doesn't have to be an elite level fight for me to enjoy it. I mean, for example, I was quite looking forward to watching Dave Allen versus Nick Webb, <laughs> right? That's really an area level heavyweight fight. But I was looking forward to that and it turned out to be fun. I enjoy watching most of David Price's fights. So, as I say, there's fun to be had at all levels and I think we might have some fun with his Charles Martin, Gerald Washington fight. Now, really and truly, Charles Martin should win this one, but Gerald Washington may put up some type of resistance. Martin is the much tougher of the two. He takes a better shot. He's got a stronger will, which isn't difficult when you're going up against Gerald Washington because that's one of his main weaknesses. He doesn't have a very strong will. Gerald Washington comes across as a very nice guy outside the ring, which is great, but he also comes across as a nice guy inside the ring, which is not so great. And even though he can box a little bit, that has been his downfall time and time again, Gerald Washington. Early on in his career, when he was still unbeaten, he fought a guy called Nagy Aguilera, who's a journeyman. And Gerald Washington fought like he was absolutely terrified of Nagy Aguilera. Terrified of him. He ended up getting, was it a draw that he got with Nagi Aguilera or a win? I can't remember now. I think it might have been a win. But he was booed. Okay, because people did not like the decision. They thought that Nagi Aguilera won. And that was the first sign that Gerald Washington maybe doesn't quite have the heart or the spirit for this game. Then he fought Amir Mansour and he was winning handily in the early rounds against Mansour outboxing him. But in the second half of the fight, he just went into his shell and he allowed Mansour to come back into it. And I think that was the one where it was a draw. It was the Mansour fight rather than the Aguilera fight, I, I seem to remember now. And it's like, what the hell's wrong with Gerald Washington? This big guy, 6'6, and he's fighting somebody who he's beating handily. But then he just allows this person back into the fight to the point where they end up getting a draw. And in fact, many people feel like, I mean, won the fight. Then of course, Washington fights Wilder. He capitulated in the Wilder fight. Eventually he was outboxing Wilder for a few rounds. So Gerald Washington can box a little bit. He's not Tyson Fury, but he can box a little bit. He was outboxing Wilder until he got clipped. Then of course he went in there against uh, Jarell Miller and got overwhelmed, beaten up in that fight and stopped. Then he fought Kalnaki, and it was even worse for him in a Kalnaki fight because he got stopped early in in that particular contest. Again, whenever Gerald Washington is up against adversity in a fight, he tends to capitulate. However, in his last fight against Robert Hellenius, he was in tough again. Hellenius was looking like he was going to win the fight. Both guys were kind of busted up, but Hellenius has a history of gassing and he gassed again against Gerald Washington and Washington was able to come through and score a knockout in a very, very tough contest for him. That was the first time I've really seen Gerald Washington manage to overcome serious adversity in a fight and actually win. And that might give him some confidence going into the Charles Martin fight, because sometimes a fighter can turn a corner, psychologically, where they're used to capitulating under pressure. They get flashbacks of the last time they got stopped. But when they go through a tough fight and this time they don't get stopped, but they actually stopped the other guy. As I say, it can be the, the turning of a corner for them psychologically, because next time they get in that situation where they're in a, a you know tough spot, they can actually dig in a bit more because they now have the memory of being able to overcome these type of circumstances before. So maybe Gerald Washington will be a bit more stubborn here against Charles Martin. So, I think it's a fun fight. Charles Martin, not the technically best heavyweight in the world, but he is tough. He showed that in the Adam Kalnaki fight. I mean, compare Charles Martin's performance against Kalnaki to Washington's performance against Kalnaki, and it's night and day in terms of who the tougher guy is. Yeah, Charles Martin, definitely tougher, takes a better shot. He's got more grit about him. And in his last couple performances, he hasn't been fighting anybody great. I think he fought Daniel Marts and Greg Corbin, And got stoppages in both those fights. And he looked like he meant business. Even though it's poor level opposition, he was going in there really, you know, trying to throw some hard, spiteful punches. And of course, he's trained by Manny Robles these days, and he's actually sparred Andy Ruiz. I want to say over the past year or so, he's been sparring Andy Ruiz. So, Ruiz is nothing like Gerald Washington, but nonetheless, in terms of preparing yourself and getting battle hardened and you know, ring-ready, that will have served uh, Charles Martin quite well, being a regular sparring partner of Andy Ruiz. So, yeah, I'm expecting Charles Martin to win, but he might find it a little difficult. It's a 12-round fight, so he's got plenty of time to get to Gerald Washington. He might find it a little difficult, particularly in the early going with Gerald Washington, I think having the longer arms than Charles Martin. Both guys are tall. Charles Martin's 6'5", and Gerald Washington is 6'6". Let me see what the reaches are, if they have them here. It says, okay, 80-inch reach for Charles Martin. What's Gerald Washington's reach? That's if the reaches even are accurate, because with box rec, the measurements are not always accurate. Okay, slightly more reach for Gerald Washington, but of course, we don't know the arm length. That's only the reach measurement. And interestingly, of course, Charles Martin significantly younger than Gerald Washington, who's 37 years old now, Charles Martin, 33. So, yeah. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. I'm sure a lot of you are going to ridicule this fight and say it's a joke. Look, it's not the strongest undercard in the world. I'm not going to try and kid you and lie to you (laughs) and act like it is. But for what it's worth, I think Charles Martin versus Washington is a fun little fight. So yeah, I'm going to take Charles Martin to win. I reckon he might stop Gerald Washington late. After having a few you know, awkward moments trying to figure Gerald Washington's style out, I think Charles Martin might wear Gerald Washington down late because Charles Martin can throw a lot of punches as well. Certainly against Greg Corbin, he was letting his hands go. He was very spiteful, throwing all kinds of shots. And we saw in the Kownaki fight late against Kownaki after Martin had really been taking a beating through the first you know, half or even two-thirds of the fight. Late in that fight, he staged a rally and he was able to stun Kownaki in the back end of that fight. And that was actually a really good scrap. You know, the final few rounds of Charles Martin Kalnaki were actually really good to watch. I wouldn't even mind seeing them run it back, truth be told. So uh, yeah, I think Charles Martin's probably going to get to Gerald Washington later on in the fight, take him out. Washington, again, might be a little more confident than usual and slightly more stubborn than usual because of the fact that he overcame adversity in his last fight. But ultimately, I just think Charles Martin will have a little bit too much for him. So, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, Gerald Washington is one of those kind of guys where you look at him and you think physically he's got a lot of ability. You know, he's pretty athletic, fairly well-coordinated. His technique is not bad, but he just doesn't have it inside of him. It's kind of like, who's that guy? I forget his name now. The Ukrainian heavyweight. It looks like Dolph Lundgren, who's been beaten up by everybody. Dimitrenko. Same kind of fighter as Dimitrenko. Dimitrenko, big, tall, athletic guy, but just doesn't have it inside of him. Doesn't have that fighting spirit, you know? I I personally think Gerald Washington's probably a little technically better than Dimitrenko, a little more athletically gifted and talented, but um, a similar kind of lack of fighting spirit, unfortunately for him. Yeah, let me know what you think, people. What's happening, I'm out. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about two pounds a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalog of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today.